0: Visit roberthalf.com today. It's Kegel Lasso. Thursday preview time. Liverpool against Chelsea. Parma against Inter Milan. We have plenty of action to talk about. And we welcome CBS Sports HQ's Poppy Miller, as well as Jimmy Conrad, of course. Kegolazo begins right now everybody, welcome to Que Go Lasso on this beautiful Wednesday. This is our Thursday preview. And of course, as always, we have Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy C, how are you, brother?
1: I'm good. How are you? Great to see you and our special guests. What are we... Well, this is amazing.
0: I know. I want to have a drum roll. I want to have fireworks. I am so <laughs> excited. Jimmy and I, like, are really, we really prepped for this. We did. We have, we have CBS Sports HQ Royalty right now. And to welcome the first time debut on Golazo, Poppy Miller. Poppy, how are you?
2: I am so honored to be here. I'm so good. I'm so excited. Jimmy, you've got like a little dance when you come in and I don't have anything, but I am No, uh, it's your happy first time. You got to you, you yeah. got to
1: ease into that, Poppy, right? That's this true. is this that's is true. me on on episode 100 or whatever we are. You know, I'm 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 basically wearing not- my P. I'm, I'm wearing my PJs on this this show at this point, you know.
2: Well, it's early. You've had a busy morning.
1: This is Absolutely.
0: True. Yeah. A busy morning. And listen, Poppy Miller, everybody is so happy to welcome her. She is, of course, our lead anchor host for CBS Sports HQ, Champions League, Europa League content. You can also, you know, watch her every Monday as well as every Champions League. Also, she's doing extra hours as well. Uh, hockey, uh, nighttime in CBS Sports HQ. Poppy, you're busy. You're busy these uh, days. Yes.
2: You know, I would never have thought that I would be calling an NBA highlight, but here we are an NHL, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun and I'm really getting into the betting. I'm learning a lot from Jimmy, but football days are the golden days to me.
0: Absolutely. And listen, uh, before we get going, everybody, because obviously today is our Thursday preview. So much to look ahead to, including Liverpool, Chelsea, and of course, the other side of the Copa del Rey bracket and so much more, but because we have Poppy here, we wanted to just introduce... Poppy to you all, because obviously you see her as a professional and you see how good she is, uh, you know, taking control and babysitting Ian Joy all the time. But there's so much more to Poppy than many of us uh, either don't know or just realize. First of all, Poppy, everybody should know that you played college ball uh, at the University of South Carolina at Beaufort. Isn't that right? Uh, Go ahead. I want you to tell us because uh, I want to know how was your experience and also what position you played?
2: I'm so sorry but luna in this room she never gets her toy but of course the one time so before i start let me just put right her in the bedroom. luna come here
0: come i want to keep in- this i want to keep you're this in one, jimmy
1: can so we, we have i just want to have luna on the on the show at this point <laughs> just no luna, disrespect to poppy but let's hear from luna you know yeah,
0: Every- yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so everybody if you're watching on youtube right now poppy's taking care of her dog which is like uh, all, it
1: looks it's like the size of a horse for everybody that can't it's, see it's gigantic <laughs> You can put a saddle on that dog. That's how big that I, dog is.
2: She is massive. She's a hundred pounds, but you know she has never made a sound on any Zoom that I've ever been on. So, I know, wants, of course, she, she does wants
1: it. Here. She exactly. wants in. She
2: gets she it. She wants. She wants in. Um, but anyway, yes. So, uh, where were we? South Carolina, Buford.
0: That's right. So yeah. I, t- talk to us about your experiences there.
2: Um, So I came to the States originally to play soccer at a small school. It's actually USC Columbia's sister school in Beaufort, which is technically Bluffton. But um, I came to the States in 2013 and joined the soccer team, played there for four years and just had the most brilliant time. I knew I was never going to play professionally. So for me to come here and to play was just absolutely amazing. And We played in Miami, in Florida, and that was where our conference was. So, I mean, is there anything better than playing soccer in Miami and Florida and in the warm weather? Although I will say when I first got here, that is the thing that I struggled most with because I was used to playing in freezing cold weather and also not playing that much, to be honest. I played maybe twice, three times a week and then one game at the weekend. And then when I got here, nobody told me that we train every day and then have two games a week. So that was <laughs> definitely a shock. And doing it in the heat uh, was really, really difficult. But I just absolutely loved it. Best, best four years and uh, really, really fortunate to have had such good teammates that I'm still friends with. And now everyone's getting married and having kids. And it's really nice to see to see everybody still and grow up with them. So. So so
1: Poppy, that's a really sweet answer, and we appreciate you coming on because you are very sweet. (laughs) But what I want to say is, like, what position did you play and did you stomp on people's throats? Were you throwing elbows? Like, were you you a yellow card machine? Like, you got to give us some insight on what kind of player you were.
2: So I played center back most of the time, or left back.
1: Jimmy Um, loves that. I love it.
2: Yes. And, you know, I didn't get many yellow cards, but I did get a red card once. Well, there we go. Now we're talking. And it just so happened to be when my family was out, we were playing in Miami and I was sent off just before halftime. I was the last defender. I was a bad bad tackle. It wasn't really a bad tackle. Christina uncle would have defended me. That's for sure. But yeah, I was sent off. So I haven't had too many and I definitely haven't had too many yellows, but I did have the one red. So So it
0: was one of those uh, Atalanta (laughs) Real Madrid moments where it really shouldn't have been a red. The player didn't have complete control of the ball but you uh, suffered through it.
2: Yes, exactly. Everybody would have been defending my case if we'd have VAR.
1: (laughs) Okay, so, okay, leaving your playing career, there's still a family member of yours that, that listeners might know, a cousin, patrick bamford who also just happens to be in my fantasy team so i'm very excited (laughs) about the season he's having Uh, obviously doing very well for Leeds. i don't think a lot was expected out of him it always felt like Leeds. now that they made the jump to the premier league we're looking to find a different number nine another guy to lead the attack but patrick has done extremely well to be the guy. He's one of the top scorers in the premier league uh how exciting is it to to see one of your family members play well and and how much do you talk to him Do you give him a hard time for is he in your fantasy team? I don't, I guess that's
2: what I'm I don't have fantasy, but if I did have it, he would be in it. You know, here's the thing. I, it's, I'm just so happy for him because I think like any football, I mean, first of all, I'm not just saying this because I know him very well, but he is the most genuinely nice guy you will ever meet. So humble, very kind, relaxed, funny, just honestly, one of those people that just has everything, you know what I mean? Talented and nice. So he, um, I'm just so happy for him because I think like many footballers, you have extreme highs and then you have lows as well. So to have followed his journey closely over the years and to see him living in different cities, going to different clubs, trying to make it here and there, to see him now shining in the Premier League and relishing this opportunity with a team that just looks so comfortable and so exciting to you know playing style i'm just so happy for him so it is really nice when i'm home i see him um our dad's a very good friend so patrick's nan and my nan are sisters but they're also one of uh, two of eleven so they've got a lot of siblings in their family uh so my dad goes to watch patrick a lot when when uh when he's playing when we're able to obviously they haven't been in a while now which is a real shame And it's a real shame for Leeds fans as well because this is a team that's been promoted to the Premier League and no one's been able to see them play. So I know that everybody's desperate to get to the stands to see them and uh, I know I'll look forward to going to watch them as well. It's funny because when I'm at home, I always think I really want to go and watch Forest, but... We really want to go and watch Patrick as well, so we're a bit torn between it. Normally, well, Patrick wins, but occasionally we'll get to the city ground.
0: Well, Poppy, I mean, I think we can safely say that Leeds is going nowhere uh, anytime, and they'll be in the Premier League. I, for one, I'm not a fan of your cousin. He turns into Gabriel Batistuta <laughs> every time he plays Aston Villa. He scored a hat trick last time. It was a like not the last time, but the first game. So, but no, very happy for him. And I agree, he's such a nice guy. Every time in interviews, I just watch him, and he's he's great. And the fact that he's playing under Marcelo Bielsa is absolutely (laughs) amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. Hey, listen, you mentioned Nottingham Forest. You're a Forest fan. I know that you're mad at the fact that we got Matty Cash from you. Uh, One of the best right backs in the Premier League right now. Uh, You must be better about that. But Forest produce some great talent, huh?
2: They do. And I am bitter about it because this has happened too many times where I understand with Matty Cash because he is young and, you know, he's a great talent for... For the Premier League but we've done this before I mean Wes Morgan probably the most notable player Forrest let him go thinking oh you know he's probably past his day then he goes on to captain and win the Premier League with Leicester City so oh that's tough man <laughs> it's been a, it's been a tough few years being a Forest fan I will say and we've had you know we haven't had many um many high table finishes I think the last the highest in the last five years was probably seventh place so it's definitely been a tough time, but I will say we are two points above Derby County right now. So that's at least a silver lining. As long <laughs> as we can finish above them, but
0: well, I a, them. You,
2: you can't pick who you support. So, you know. people,
0: people also need to remember about the history of Nottingham Forest. Only a few English clubs have won the Champions League slash European Cup. Yeah. Nottingham Forest won it twice. Twice, right. uh, this is a, a big giant club, so it'll be great to see them back in the Premier League. I think, uh, and
2: I hope that, uh, I it's crazy as well to think that because I could never imagine in my lifetime Forrest even being in the Premier League, let alone <laughs> European. But also, there's a lot of talk about where Erling Haaland's obviously going to go this summer, and I hope that he follows in his
0: father's footsteps and goes to Now, <laughs> <laughs> What would be that, Jimmy? What would be that on William Hill?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three million to one, I think. So I hope the best for you, Poppy.
0: Oh, all right, everybody. Well, Poppy, it's great to have you. Poppy's going to be with us as we look ahead to Thursday. There's a lot of action, of course. And we begin, uh, first of all, with some late news, and I just wanted to get Jimmy's thoughts on this, and of course, poppies, but uh, Juventus, as Fabrizio Romano uh, correctly reported earlier this week, he was on Keolasso as well, talking about it. Juventus uh, exercised their option to make Weston McKinney a permanent player. I mean, it's no shocker here, but uh, we've talked about how he is arguably the best male American player right now. Uh, what do you make about this, Jimmy? Finally uh, calling Juventus his official home.
1: Yeah, I think it's great for Weston McKinney, great for American soccer. I will say that low risk, high reward with that signing in particular, they took a chance on a guy that was on a sinking ship at Shelka that had some upside that was a little raw, I think in some ways. And we all thought and hoped that Andrea Pirlo could be able to shape him into something of a more, I don't know, Andre Pirlo-esque type midfielder that, that brought a little class to his game. Maybe he's something he didn't have, but I actually think that the, the, the qualities that Weston does have really plays well with this current Juve team. They need somebody that wants to run forward. They need somebody that has the audacity to take some risks and and to bomb forward and score a great goal against Barcelona at the camp now. They need a little bit of that swagger that I thought Weston might lose because maybe the moment was going to be too big for him to, to take that step up from Schalke to Juve, but he's done it with, with uh, a ton of, like, I, I'm trying to find the right word here, but well, I'm not, I, I just think he took that step with this quality that we didn't think he had. I, I saw a lot of people going like, Weston's not good enough to play for Juve. And he's proven otherwise. And he's become a very valuable member of that team. And what I really like about him in particular is that even if he doesn't start, his attitude doesn't change, right? He's not sulking. He gets out there and when whatever role is needed, he'll go out and play it. And I think that's another reason why they love him. 18 million for him is nothing for Juve. And I think that will be a sign that they look back on fondly for, for many years to come.
0: And to be quite honest, I think it helps Schalke right now financially to just get that money. <laughs> Schalke, Schalke, yeah, yeah, Schalke need true. everything they can get. Poppy, um, Poppy, obviously, just like me, as a non, you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe USMNT is your number one team. But what do you make of Weston rice? rise, uh, especially obviously watching him in the Champions League? But not just that, but working, as Jimmy said, under under Pirlo. What do you make of McKennie?
2: I mean, I think he's been fantastic for me, I think he's been one of the most consistent Americans that we've seen over in Europe, especially as of late. and what I love about Weston McKenney is he seems to really have embraced life in Italy. I like to see him joking with his teammates. Andrea Perlo seems to absolutely love him. He's always speaking very highly of him. I like to hear his he's I love to hear his stories about the first time he saw Ronaldo and You know, even a couple of weeks ago when the reporter started talking Italian to him and he's like, he just seems to have great character. And he he brings that to the pitch as well. He started so many games, like Jimmy said, he's been such a big part of this Juventus side. So I think you said it best, it's low risk, high reward with someone like that. But it also sets such a good example for the US players that are making the move to Europe or that are thinking about going out on loan. And now this is, you know, a done deal and he's a Juventus player. I think it just shows that take these chances because you never know where it's gonna lead.
0: Yeah, I think it's um, actually, you know, sometimes I feel if you're a USMNT fan, you need to sit back for a second and be like, I have, we have a player that plays for Juventus. It's it's absolutely not just like in the squad, like he's a regular, you know, uh, feature for them. So that's amazing. All right, moving on, because there's plenty of news as well. But another piece of information that just came out as we uh, were about to start taping as PSG gets ready, uh, obviously in League A, but also the Champions League with a 4-1 aggregate lead over Barcelona. Moyes can Moise Ken, Ken test positive for COVID-19, obviously rules him out for the foreseeable future, I would almost guarantee Barcelona as well, I feel, just because it's under that 10-day threshold. Um, Let's begin with you, Jimmy, once again. What do you make of this? Moist can, um, you know, out. Obviously, we wish him best, a speedy recovery, but in terms of PSG's plans and Mauricio Pochettino, it's a big deal.
1: It is a big deal. I think Moise Ken has really taken some big steps in his career. Obviously, playing around some of the world's best players, like and Mbappe and and Neymar, is only going to help his game, right? Because so much attention is given to those players in particular, healthy Maria, Mauro Icardi, when he's in. Uh, it really allows Moise Ken, I don't think, to be the focus. And I think he plays better there. And at some point, he'll start to graduate to being the number one guy. But he scored so many big goals for PSG this year. I think he's been a nice link-up piece. I think he's looking... To, to hold up the ball in maybe a way that he hasn't or hadn't been asked to do before because you have to bring those other players into the game to have success going forward. Yeah, but we're probably going to see him out for two weeks. So that means he misses Bordeaux. He misses Brest in the, in the, in the cup. Uh, Barcelona, Nantes. And then hopefully he'll be back for the Lyon. So, so PSG play Lyon and Lille back-to-back back at the end of uh, March. Well, then there'll be the, the international break. And then coming out of that, they will have uh, Lille, which is the two teams they're competing against for the Liga title. So he'll be back for, I think, those very important games domestically. And I think they've done enough already to probably beat Barcelona in that second leg without him. But you never know. We, we do know that La Remontada is something that's real and something that, that uh, Barcelona had that famous comeback before against PSG. I just don't see it happening this time around, whether Moise Ken plays or not.
0: Yeah. Poppy, do you think uh, PSG still do the job without Moise Ken?
2: I think they do. And and like Jimmy said, it seems like it's too... You don't want to say it's too bit much of a scoreline for them heading into the second leg against Barcelona because of history. However, I think it is a big loss for PSG. On the days where we don't see Neymar, we don't see Mbappe, it seems to be Ken that steps up, puts the team on his back and finds the back of the net. So I think it is a huge loss for them. and And he's a good player off the bench as well. He always seems to come in and make an impact. So just not having that option to come into the game, I think hurts PSG, but it's just the story of this season, isn't it? How many times have we seen key players out unavailable for selection? And um, it seems to be a just a logistical nightmare for managers to have to worry about.
0: Yeah. And of course, uh, as we were talking about Weston McKenney's permanent move to Juventus, Moise Ken, similar situation with Everton and PSG as well. So something to look out for that. All right. Let's talk Premier League, everybody. Thursday action. We have a big game. I mean, it's always big with the Premier League. It's always massive. But we have uh, and a few more matches than just one. But the actual headliner here is Liverpool against Chelsea now normally you would think wow maybe first again second second and third no guess what Liverpool as we speak is number six on the table and Chelsea is fifth both looking still for a Champions League spot Jimmy Conrad this is not about winning the league title that's Man City done and dusted I think we can say but this is about securing European qualification which is kind of amazing as Liverpool host
1: Chelsea. Yes. There's a lot to unpack here with this game in particular, but I'll start with your narrative that, and I'll continue your narrative. So say you're a player that wants to move to one of these two clubs in in an upcoming transfer window. If they're in the Europa league, you're like, Nah, I, yeah, I've done the Europa League or no, nah, I'm not really feeling the Europa League. No disrespect to the Europa League. I think Poppy and I really, really love it. We love calling it and all the games and great storylines. And, and it's cool to see a team like Slavia Prague beat the Leicester and have a chance to maybe win this competition. I love all that. But if you're a player, you want to play in the Champions League. You want to play in the best competition available. So it's so important for both of these teams to win this game so they can solidify that status. As, as cool as it would be to play for Liverpool and to play for Jurgen Klopp, what if you don't even qualify for Europe? You're like, do I really want to wait a year to, to maybe play in the championship? So there's all these little uncertainties. The problem is, if you can sense a trend that's happening in the Premier League this season, we see a lot of teams that don't want to go for the victory because they're afraid to lose. So they're prior, prioritizing not losing as opposed to going out there and trying to win. We see a lot of 0-0 draws. I suspect in the Manchester Derby this weekend, we're probably going to see another 0-0 draw. We saw it earlier, Chelsea and Man United this past weekend, 0-0 draw. And you're like, why aren't these teams taking that one big step, taking those risks? That Liverpool team from a couple seasons ago would go right at you. That Man City team this season starting to round into that a little bit more of I'm going to step on your throat and there's nothing you can do about it. But they did against Wolves too, by the way, uh, where they looked like it was close and they ended up winning 4-1, which is amazing. So, So I see that. Now, with regard to Liverpool in particular, if they lose this game, It'll be their fifth consecutive loss at home, which would be the first time that ever happened in their history, which is crazy to think about. So you have to know or at least think that Liverpool are going to have a little something extra so they don't make history. Also, with their four consecutive losses so far at home, that is the same amount of losses that they've had at home as Jurgen Klopp's first 100 games. So they're really in something right now. Jordan Henderson is also out. So all their starting backs and even their backup starting backs are probably hurt. Fabinho could come back into the team. Allison, obviously, rests in peace to his dad. Such a tragic incident there. Is he going to come back in into the team? Kelleher, his backup is hurt. So there's so many question marks with this team that I think that uh, Chelsea can take advantage of. But this Chelsea team, very good defensively under Thomas Tuchel. Not so great going forward. I kind of like a 1-1 draw here, everybody. A 0-0 draw, 1-1 draw. That's... That's what I'm feeling. That's what the value is, the draw uh, on William Hill. So at that, if I'm just going straight up draw, it's plus 255. If I think it's a draw and under two and a half goals, that's plus 360. I'm looking at that a little bit. But not to extend myself, not to get too cute, I'm going to say straight up draw plus 255, and I'm done. Thank you everybody for letting me talk
0: no i love it and i think the theme is pretty um you know uh, i think you have a lot of support for that theme about the draw the one oh i mean we just saw what chelsea and man united gave us uh, i sent us to sleep and i feel like it might be one of those <laughs> sort of resilient games puppy one of the things that i'm interested and by the way allison is set to start in this one um he i think that that might be a big boost for liverpool but As Thomas Tuchel faced Jurgen Klopp for the first time as Chelsea manager, what what are you looking for here? Because to Jimmy's point, you know, this is Liverpool going through a very tough season against a sort of re-energized Chelsea side. What are you looking for here in this game?
2: It's such a good point because I think I saw yesterday Liverpool have lost players through injuries or illness for over a thousand days combined this season which is just so crazy to think that that's what they're dealing with. They've had 18 centre-back pairings so I think just for Liverpool it's almost a good thing that they are where they are in the table because I think it gives them something to play for and something to focus on because they want to be playing Champions League football next year. I think it's hard for them to imagine like Jimmy said they're not going to play in the Europa League or they would if they had to I'm sure but they want to be in that top four but like we've seen all season clashes between big six sides they've not been exciting as we're used to they've been draws so I'm thinking that we will see goals in this one as well like Jimmy said but I think it could be a draw um having Fabinho back Thiago Silva could be back as well for Chelsea and I did hear that um that Diego Jota could be back for Liverpool as well which is obviously a massive plus and I think for us watching that Champions League game when Jota played against Midland in a game that didn't really mean anything that was now looking back probably not the best idea for Liverpool to play him in a game where they were already comfortably through however I think those additions could be massive so I think we will see goals in this one I hope that we see goals Chelsea just are so good defensively especially with Mendy at the back but They haven't got that final piece in the attack. And it seems to be just moments of individual brilliance that we're seeing from their strikers, not necessarily a team build-up from them. Whereas Liverpool, on the other hand, it's hard to go against anyone that's got the Premier League leading goal scorer in their side. But this game does worry me that it's at Anfield, which is just absolutely crazy to say about a Liverpool team. They have not been good at home as of late. Had it be at Stamford Bridge, I think that Liverpool would edge this one. But I'm looking forward to it. And even though we haven't seen exciting games from big teams, this one means so much. I mean, where they are in the standings, just one point separates them. One point separates Chelsea from West Ham, who are sitting above them. Who would have thought West Ham would be in top four at this point of the season? This season is just absolutely crazy. It's hard to predict. Jimmy has such a hard job trying to find the best value. He does such a good (laughs) job. Prediction God status confirmed most days. So... I'm
0: rolling with Jimmy on this one. I'm going to go a 1-1 draw. Yeah, yeah. Um, Listen, it's very hard to fight against that draw. Especially the thing that, listen, here's the thing. The Chelsea narrative kind of, you already know kind of what's coming. Thomas Stuhl is a very good manager, organized. He wants to make sure that at the very, very beginning of this match, uh, you know, he emphasizes the need for defensive strength, right? Not, don't concede, just be strong, be resilient. And that's pretty much what you've seen since he arrived. Uh, creatively is where they struggle a little bit. He's still trying to find a rhythm. So we'll see, you know, if he tinkers a little bit up front because Tammy Abraham obviously dealing with some injuries as well. Timo Werner, we'll see if he comes in this lot. But from Liverpool's side, Jimmy, uh, one thing that I'm noticing as well, especially recently, so the Leipzig win, very impressive. They lose to Everton, 2-0. And then they beat Sheffield United, but again, it was, one, it's Sheffield United, with all due respect. Two, it wasn't that convincing. It was obviously a win, a victory, but it was against one of the worst teams in the Premier League. So now they're backing into facing a, a, a good side. I'm wondering what the pendulum is going to go, whether it's, you know, more about Tuchel feeling more confident in his Chelsea side, as opposed to Liverpool giving us one of those Jekyll and Hyde performances.
1: So I think what needs to happen, and I have it written on the sign behind me, is this is Bobby Firmino's to win. And I say this because when I look at what Thomas Tuchel has done with Chelsea, he does a very good job of trapping the number nine and not allowing the opposing team, in this particular instance, Bobby Firmino, To have any kind of influence on the game whatsoever you can get at a chelsea but more often than not it's because there has to be some type of hold up play and then you got to run some midfielders through there that's that's how southampton scored if you guys remember the minamino goal uh you know he makes a very good well-timed run to get in behind more often than not though they're not leaving that space in behind bobby firmino has to figure out a way to get involved we saw it against atlético madrid uh the chelsea game luis suarez Non-existent for the most part in that one, right? They do a good job with their 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 three center backs, and they have their two holding midfielders. It looks like Ngolo Kanté and Kovačić are going to start this one. There's just no no room. There's no room. Where's Bobby Firmino going to pick up the ball? You got three big center backs waiting to kick you. You got two, you know, holding midfielders are looking to kick you from behind if you do end up getting it. And they don't allow teams to establish that rhythm with their number nine, which is something that's very important to Liverpool. So I'm curious as to where Mo Salah and Sadio Mane are going to set up shop and where they're going to pick up the ball because what Chelsea also does very smartly defensively is that they put up their wing backs a little bit higher. So in this case, you might have... Reece James or, or Callum Hudson-Odoi and then Marcus Alonso or Chilwell, they're going to be sitting kind of where Salah and Mane like to pick up the ball. So I'm kind of curious from a stat geek or soccer geek, you know, vibe and perspective as to where Liverpool are going to generate these attacks. And they're obviously very weak in the back. They can get exposed. But I don't know if this, this Chelsea team have enough going forward to do it. They've obviously very good for like 80, 80% of the field. Very good. But around that attacking third in and around the box, uh, not very clinical at all. And you can see the frustration with Tuchel. He, he gives Tammy Abraham 45 minutes, pulls him out at halftime. Uh, Callum hudson Adoy comes in for 30 minutes to replace him, takes him out after that. I was just, there, there's some kind of thing that he's looking for. And I'm hoping that Christian Pulisic will be one of those solutions. But he seems to have not trust Pulisic right now. That's a whole different conversation we can get into. So that's what I'm looking at right now. From a Liverpool perspective, how do you get Bobby Firmino involved in the game? And the more that he touches the ball and can have influence, the more success Liverpool are going to have. But uh, Chelsea have been very good in locking that in. So I, that's why I can see a draw. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of opportunities, frankly, for either side.
0: Yeah, and Firmino's influence, unfortunately, is heavily uh, reliant on Jordan Henderson, who is not playing. So that's a major thing. So Poppy Miller, let me ask you your final score prediction. You say you're sticking with that draw. Uh, Are you changing your mind? Are you giving it more than just a one-all? Give me your final score prediction for this one, and then I'll go to Jimmy.
2: Oh, it's so hard. These ones are so hard to predict. Jimmy, I don't know how you do it. I am going (laughs) to stick 1-1, though. I think we will see a draw. I think we will see goals in this one. I just saw Thiago Silva is out. He trained this past week, but unavailable for selection today. However, 15 different Chelsea players have scored this season at the other end of the pitch. But I think that's sometimes a blessing and a curse to have so many players that score. You don't really have that go-to. There's so much rotation up top. It seems like Tuchel like we keep saying, is still looking for that final piece in the attack. I don't know. I worry about the Chelsea attack as well. Finding the space, I don't know. I'm gonna go one, one. (laughs) This is a a tough one.
0: No, it is very hard. It is very hard. One, one, all right, Jimmy, you're sticking with one, all two, right?
1: Yeah, I'll say one all. I think, Allison, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious how you respond to something so significant in your life that's happening off the field, how, how focused he's going to be. And maybe maybe sometimes you have that that focus. I want to play well for, for my dad. I want to remember my dad. So maybe he'll stand on his head, make some saves. Fabinho coming back into the team is really important. Uh, this is their 18th different center back pairing, potentially. I think they've had this season Liverpool, which is insane. Uh, Kabak hasn't been very good. I think of the last couple of games. So maybe this is one. We'll just try to keep it simple for him. Really just don't let Werner get in behind. I think it's the big, big task for him. I, again, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm with Poppy here. I just don't know. I just don't know. I, I just don't know who's Chelsea. are going to start ultimately in their front three. Mason Mount will probably be in for sure. But is it Kai Havertz? Is it Werner? Do you go to Abraham? Giroux? I mean, I don't know. They have so many different options, but uh, I think at least from the back five, you know, or seven, they ultimately get into, I think they're going to be very difficult to break down and that's been kind of the part like everybody's excited about tuchel and now you watch Chelsea play and there's been enough games you have you have enough of a sample size you're like yeah he's kind of boring to be honest you know so i am kind of curious to see in in a game of this magnitude with so much at stake what what kind of risk he does take and i don't think we're going to see too much risk from him
0: yeah i can't be boring i can't agree with both of you and say 1-0 as well so i'll try and be a little different so so, no, but no. here's the problem. Southampton, yeah. Chelsea, 1-0. Before the Atletico Madrid game, I was like, they haven't been tested yet. They beat Atletico Madrid. And then they played Man United, a little boring, but you could sense that maybe they could have gotten something out of it. Who knows? Here, no Jordan Henderson. You mentioned uh, Kante and Kovacic. Uh, I feel the midfield strength might be a good thing here. Oh, God. All right, fine. I'm rolling the dice here. 2-1 to Chelsea against wow. Liverpool. Wow. I just... It worries me, man. It wa- it what the centre back issues at the back for Liverpool worry me. No, Jordan Anderson to me is huge against Chelsea. It worries me. Uh, I- I'm sure I'll be wrong, but I, I just gotta. I- I'm gonna Chelsea. roll with the stronger side right now, and that one is Chelsea to me.
1: I'll say that the last time these two teams played in the league at Anfield, it was the five three game last year, which helped. Uh, Liverpool, that was where they clinched the yeah, So I'm gonna be wrong. The so, it's <laughs> so, the, so there might be goals between these teams, right? In the last five games they played against each other, there have been no draws. So maybe me and Poppy are on the wrong side of this. But but I'm just feeling like the trend and how, how teams are lining up and because there's so many vulnerabilities on both sides, I think it draws what's happening.
2: Yeah, And I like that Liverpool as well in their last match, they needed that win and they needed that clean sheet so badly. I think that could be a turning point for them. I saw Mo Salah tweet on the mend and that's, you know, sometimes you just need that one result to go your way because how many times have we seen as well just so, so many uncharacteristic mistakes from Liverpool whether it be Alisson at the back, whether it be the defenders and then at the other end of the pitch, we've seen so much going forward that on another day would have gone in. So sometimes I think you need a bit of luck. Sometimes I think you need to start turning the tide. This could be it for Liverpool. This yep. could be the, the change that they need.
0: I think you might be right. All right, let's end it with Poppy's thoughts here, but because there's still other games, by the way, very quickly here. I'll just do both fixtures, Jimmy. You give me your thoughts, and then Poppy, you follow, of course. West Bromwich, Albion, uh, host Everton, um, uh, who, you know, is still trying to get that Champions League spot and a Europa League spot, but West Brom, of course, trying to avoid relegation. And Fulham equally as well, hosting Tottenham. That one is intriguing to me. Very intriguing. Jimmy, give me your thoughts on both games. Yeah,
1: I'll go with West Brom. Uh, They're unbeaten in three league matches. Big Sam doing his thing, working his magic. They're still nine points away from safety. However, Newcastle are going to be without their three best players for the rest of March. So they just have to keep kind of chipping away, I think, at that I don't really want to talk about it. Newcastle is my favorite club, and I think they're a hot dumpster fire or whatever the phrase is. Uh, But Sam Allardyce uh, won't be remembered fondly, I think, for his time as an Everton manager. And this is his first time playing against them in four years. So there's some some narrative there I think we can build. Everton, though, have won back-to-back matches. Uh, They're now back into contention for a European finish. They have the talent to do so. They're unbeaten across their last six uh, between these two sides. And I really like... Everton to to do it. I think it'll be a struggle to start. I think the odds that I was looking for were uh, Everton to to win and over two and a half goals. I think they're gonna be some goals in this one. I got that plus 200 is what I'm looking at there. And then with regard to Fulham. Versus Tottenham, this is a tough one. This is a very intriguing one. Uh, Tottenham, excuse me, Fulham are unbeaten in their last five. They like to draw a lot. They've got things figured out on the defensive side. They're kind of like Chelsea light, right? Right. They, they, they very focused on the defensive side, but can't score as much. They just don't have as much talent as Chelsea does. That said, they're very difficult to break down and to play against Tottenham could have a bit of, bit of a struggle with him. I kind of like Gareth Bale to score. What I'm really interested in in this particular game is, can Gareth Bale do it in two straight games? Mm. You know, he, it's like he proved himself, hey everybody, I'm back. I can score goals against the not very good Burnley team but can I do it again? You know, against against Fulham at Craven Cottage? That's what we want to see and I think if you beat a team like Burnley 4-0, I suspect that Jose Marino is going to roll off the same squad. Let them go again. Let's see if we can build our best 11 to finish up this season. I, I, I like Tottenham to win this one but I could see a draw here i kind of see i like i like the draw first half i think full of my guy are going to have their set plan and then i think tottenham's going to win it late and i like that so draw first half tottenham win second half plus 375.
0: oh love it love it puppy what do you think about these two games
2: Oh, well, starting with Everton. You know, they've been on a good run of form, as Jimmy said. They beat Southampton, they beat Liverpool, but they did lose to Fulham. So that does worry me. Do they struggle against teams that are in the relegation zone? Do they sink? And also they've got, you know, a tough run of games coming up. They play Chelsea as well. For West Brom, on the other hand, they're trying to get out of the relegation zone. I mean, they're fighting, so they've got something to play for. Uh, They've conceded 55 goals, though. So for this one... Obviously, I like Everton, but I think that sometimes it's hard for teams that are playing well at the minute. I mean, what they pull on points with Liverpool. So they're having a great season. Can they keep it going is the question. Um, as far as Fulham and Tottenham, I like Gareth Bale as well. I'm, it's the biggest question is, what do we expect from Gareth Bale? Like, what are we wanting to see? How do good can he be and it's interesting as well to listen to his interviews he said I've been happy all season I'm enjoying being in the locker room I'm enjoying playing on the pitch and it, it's just it's so hard to really know I'd love to be a fly on the wall at Tottenham's training ground because do we believe that however having said that I do feel like there is some good chemistry between him and Dele Alley, and they're almost in the same boat aren't they as, as far as the amount of games that they've played as far as adversities that they've had this season so really are they spurring each other on and inspiring each other you know they both played well granted it was against Wolfsburger in the europa league but tottenham coming in have scored eight goals in the last two games conceded none so that's a good run of form and this is jose's side that you just can never count them out so i'm definitely going for a tottenham win in this one especially against the fulham side that's in the relegation zone and what a front of games they've got coming up i think they've got tottenham liverpool man city and then Leeds. i mean it's just not looking good for fulham uh so i'm definitely going with a tottenham win in this one i think it'll be
1: at least three nil
0: yeah uh wow Ooh. big tottenham win, big, big tottenham win. Like, big i don't, tottenham
1: give, a, I don't win. give a crap about fulham and they're, and they're <laughs> defending three zero
2: they I'm have to for me they
1: got to score early if they're going to get three zero they got to score early i think in that one
2: I think the goals are starting to come for them, though, because there's been a lot of criticism on Tottenham this season. They're too reliant on Harry Kane. They're too reliant on Human Son and their partnership. So now we're seeing Gareth Bale. We're seeing Lucas Moura. We're seeing all these other players that are starting to step up, find the groove in the attack as well. And I think that that just boosts confidence within the side. So... I'm confident in Tottenham that they can get the job done.
0: No, it's a very good point, especially because we talked about it before. Lucas Mota now is a player that can be inside the box now. It doesn't have to just be Harry Kane. It can be all these other players. But uh, to both your points, it's about Gareth Bale and can he be consistent? Uh, For the sake of my fantasy, by the way, DCL and human son, please make it happen. That would be (laughs) very nice. Uh, All right, let's move on now. Let's leave the Premier League. uh, And let's talk about Serie A because there is a tasty game in Italy, Jimmy Conrad. Why don't you set it off, buddy?
1: Yeah, so it's Parma versus Inter Milan. Inter obviously are feeling pretty good. They're on top of the Serie A table by four points over AC Milan. Juve are hanging around in third as they do at 49 points, uh, seven points behind them. So they're going to need to make a strong run against an inner side that I don't think are going to drop too many points the rest of the way. Uh, So they're taking on Parma. Parma are in the relegation zone and they're in 19th. They're three off the bottom and five points away from safety. They need to win this game. I don't know if it's going to be any good inter six wins from their last seven. They've only conceded one goal during that period and racked up 17 goals themselves. Uh, So given what I've seen and given the performance that inters had recently, most specifically against Genoa where Romelu Lukaku scored in the first 30 seconds, the way they celebrate, the way that they, you can sense intent purpose. They have an idea of what they want to do and how they're going to do it. And they don't care about your feelings. They're going to come out and score 30 seconds in. Oh, Genoa, we, we don't care. They don't care. Inter doesn't care about your feelings, doesn't care about anybody else, and they have no other competitions to worry about. And I think that's very important. We try to drive that home because it is something special, I think, to be able just to focus on. We just need to be good at this. And there's other teams, Milan and, and Juve, that are, that are still in these competitions, Atalanta, and, and it does. It distracts you. And you still want to be good at that too, right? You're a professional player. You want to make it happen. I like Inter to win this game. I like them to win it big. Uh, it's really just trying to find what value. So it just depends if you think Parma can score or not. And I think they can. I think at times Inter can be exposed and there are some gaps you can expose, especially if they're bombing forward and having fun. Maybe they get a late goal there. So I like Inter to win and both teams to score plus 165.
0: Well, Parma are on an awful run right now. Just right. awful. But right. to your point, they can score. So it's about whether Inter can keep a clean sheet. Poppy, what do you think about This game Inter Milan, of course, as we tape AC Milan are playing uh, on this day, they're four points behind Inter. Uh, So, you know, regardless of what happens to AC Milan, I'm sure that Antonio Conte wants to just keep going. How do you see this game? Poppy Miller in in Serie A as Inter continue to try and lead that uh, table and win Scudetto.
2: Well, this is a must-win for Inter Milan. I mean, how embarrassing would it be if they lose to this team that's only mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. two wins on the season so far? I will say, I think going out of the Champions League has made Inter Milan more competitive. You know, they've really raised the bar since they came out. They've definitely become more cohesive. The off-the-field issues seem to have been resolved. We're seeing a better identity from this team, Eriksson being a big part of that. And I did, I did hear Conte say they went out of the Champions League undeservedly and I disagree they were so inconsistent in the Champions League but you know we, we never knew what we were going to see from them how they've stopped playing European competition how good has this team been um so I'm definitely thinking into going for Inter with this one they've been on such a good run of form they've got something to prove it's theirs for the taking I think that Conte is such a hungry manager we see how passionate he is on the sideline and they're having a great season, but I do think it's always dangerous when you start to calculate points and think we must get three points from here. How far are we away from winning the league? And they're almost at that point where they're doing so well. They're, you know, four points clear at the top, so they don't have a huge gap. But I just can't see anyone catching them. So I, I think they're, they're going to win it overall. I think they're going to win this match as well, and I'm going for a big win well, big-ish. I think another, I'm going to go another 3-0 with this wow. one. Whoa. I'm enjoying, I'm
0: enjoying the 3-0s today. <laughs> you are indeed. Uh, and, and, and and you answered my question because I was going to follow up with UC Inter Milan just taking the Scudetto yeah. regardless. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I do I think so and also I think it's just such a huge thing that all that, that Milan AC Milan and Juventus still in European competition I think that's just is absolutely massive he's got all week to decide what he what team he wants to put out this team has got something to prove they need silverware this season and it isn't going to be in European competition. So, and they've got players that are on such good form as well. And we always talk about the identity of this team and it all seems to be working for them. I can't see Juventus catching them. And I I don't see AC Milan overtaking them as well, especially with the run of games that those two have both got coming up
1: as well.
0: Yeah. Jimmy final score prediction on this one.
1: Yeah. I'll say three, one to Inter Milan.
0: Love it. Lukaku brace? Lukaku hat trick, maybe?
1: Yeah, if you want that. Yeah. I mean, there is some pretty good value that if you want Lukaku to score and, or Lukaku to score, Inter to win both teams to score, it's plus 290. Ooh, I like that value. Good. Yeah, that's
0: pretty that good. great. Well, this is where we say goodbye to Poppy Miller. Poppy, it's been so great to have you. Thank you so much. And I'm telling you, it's not going to be the, the the last one. One of many. One of many, Yes. Poppy.
2: I've loved it. I've loved it. It's so good to see you both. I really enjoy it. And I love listening to the podcast as well. So oh, wow. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the podcast. So uh-huh. Thank you, Poppy. That's very nice. grateful to be on here. Thank and you. Always I'm- a fun time with you both.
0: I will Venmo you later, Poppy Miller. Thank you very much. You
2: (laughs) You could just just send Matty Cash back to
0: me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like you that much. (laughs) You can watch Poppy Miller on CBS Sports HQ every single week on Mondays and Champions League, by the way, uh, Tuesday, Wednesdays as well. uh, Underscore Poppy Miller on Twitter. Poppy, thank you once again, my friend.
2: Thank you. Thank you
0: streaming on paramount plus you're ready bob.
2: Well,
0: all right, all right. audiences are raving bob marley is electrifying it's the feel-good movie of the year you dig? What's bob marley one love rated pg-13 now streaming on paramount plus
1: cbs friday tv's hottest show is fire country i'm not a hero i'm in orange for a reason they're taking 12 months off your sentence you're free
0: Welcome back everybody to get Poppy lasso Poppy left us, but it's still Jimmy and yours truly. As we wrap this one up so much action, Jimmy, and uh, we're going to do uh, a little bit of Copa del Rey on the other side of that bracket. Uh, what do you have for us?
1: Yeah. So it's Levante taking on or hosting athletic Bilbao is one, one in leg one and Levante since that game have taken points off of the league leaders, Atlético Madrid, not once, but twice. And so this is an interesting one. I think Levante actually come in with a little bit more momentum in in, in some ways, but they're missing a few key players. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Now they they actually played each other during this break as well in the league. And it was one, one as well. These teams are pretty even is what I'm trying to get at. Levante though at home, knowing they could get to a Copa del Rey final, I know Athletic are very good in these competitions. They still have yet to play the Copa del Rey final from last season, and they just won the Spanish Super Cup. So there's a lot to like there. And I think we're both admittedly Marcelino fans who took over for Athletic right before that Spanish Super Cup competition. Obviously doing wonders with those guys. I think things have settled. I think that new new coach bounce has come down a little bit, which is normal. And I just think that's something about Levante that I really, really like. And I, and I just think they're in good form right now. They got a little bit of belief. They're, they're domestic form, maybe not as good. Uh, both teams come in with some, some of that. I guess I'm kind of going more gut here, to be honest. At home, I feel like Levante is going to find a way to make it happen. We could probably make the same same, because they're so even, we could probably make the same argument for Athletic. But I'm going gut here. I think Levante is going to book their ticket for this Copa del Rey final. And then, obviously, we're going to wait to see who they end up facing because that game is today between Barcelona and Sevilla, even though Sevilla have a 2-0 lead. And I think Sevilla is going to inch their way into it. So Sevilla-Levante is going to be pretty sick. But um, I kind of have 2-1 Levante, to be honest with you. And if you want to take that, or if you feel an Athletic instead, but I think both teams will score. Levante to win, both teams' scores plus 450. If you want Athletic to win and both teams' to score, plus 375. And the draw is plus 300 with both teams to score after 90 minutes, which could happen, but I don't see it. I actually think Levante is going to eke this one out. That's what I think you guys should consider. That said, it's a bit of a coin flip. So if you're feeling athletic, plus 375, both teams to score is pretty good as well.
0: Yeah, that's great info. The only thing that I'll say is that it is a coin flip. And I was going to go with athletic Bilbao, but Levante is a very annoying team to get passed by. So either way, it could work, right? And you gave yeah. me 70 on athletic Bilbao. So maybe, maybe Bilbao, huh?
1: Ah, there's some good value for both teams. I, I think it's going to be pretty tight. Uh, I just feel like I think Bilbao will score that, that away goal. Right. But, mm-hmm. but Levante have one as well. It just depends on where they're going to, is it are they going to go to penalties? Are they going to win it an extra time? Are they going to win it in the 90 minutes? Ah, it's such a good one. Maybe, maybe, maybe the, the consideration is to stay away from this one, but, but I, I like it uh, in terms of if you want to find some value, there's some really good value in this game. So if you want to throw it into a parlay, or anything else. And actually I had a parlay ready for you guys for all the, the, the premier league games. And I forgot to bring that up, but we can, well, you
0: can that. say it now if you want.
1: Well, no, I just thought we needed to decide what was going to happen. So I had, uh, Let's I, do it together. Okay. I think, hold on. I had it up and my link just disappeared, but, um, so I'll do it right now. So we have, I have Tottenham winning. Yeah. Over Fulham. Is that, you're okay with that? Yep. Okay. So Tottenham winning. I had Everton Puppy convinced
0: winning. me. Puppy convinced me. I'm going okay, to Ever,
1: Everton beat West Brom or what do you think? Yep. Okay. And then I have Liverpool, Chelsea drawing. So that three, that three leg parlays, if you bet, you bet hundred to win 1200. I mean, I'll bet 10 bucks and win 120. That's if you want to split that again, Luis, we're, we haven't <laughs> nailed any, any of our parlays just yet, but we're close. We're like two out of three guys. You know, if we take three games, we win two out of three.
0: All right. I'll take one for the team. Cause I was going to say Chelsea win, but I'll do okay, it. Okay. Let's see yeah.
1: if Chelsea wins. Let me take away the draw. That's that's still you know bet ten to win eleven hundred or nah,
0: we'll go for the draw. It's fine. The, the, let's, right. go with, let's go with All your gut right. instinct. I like All right, that. All right, everybody.
1: If you guys want out. to join our parlay party or our la fiesta Parleyesta, that's what we're doing for those Premier League games. But yeah. there's also, there's also some other action going on. Liga MA Keys is Liga MA Okay, so so we got Pumas taking on Santos. Santos are currently on top. Uh, Pumas are really not in a good run of form. Uh, they lost their fourth successive match uh with chivas this past weekend they're now without a win in any of their last six and santos are performing pretty well but they're not very good away from home i still feel like santos are probably going to get more than a point here pumas are tough to beat at home but uh i like the value right now so pumas are currently in 17th out of 18 teams okay and santos excuse me aren't on top they're on they're in fifth but they're only three points off the top i kind of like um I Kind of like the value of Santos winning this one. I had, I don't know why I closed that that link, but uh, we'll get into that in a second. And then the other one that I think people should pay attention to is Nakaksa versus Pachuca. Both of these teams are struggling, and I like when you have teams are struggling. Uh, they're 16th and 18th, so we're definitely in the bottom. Feelings.
0: In Liga MX, it's good when you have two teams who are struggling,
1: yeah. The, the odds are amazing, so uh, I'm gonna figure that out right now, but but um. I think this leads into a question while I'm looking that up. We had a question from a fan about Liga MX Keys.
0: Yeah, that's right. We want to end it with this. Uh, a great fan question because Jimmy started it off yesterday and I think it's a great idea. If you want to get into Liga MX Keys or just football in general and you're looking for a team, come to us and we'll help you out. So we have a question from, let's see, at J Sanity. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, So Shazam is the main uh, name, but the Phantom of Nissan Stadium which sounds interesting. Um, <laughs> I only recently renewed. Hey, support, I only recently renewed my interest in professional soccer and don't really have a team I pull for growing up. Tim Howard was my hero and I love elite goalkeeper play any team recommendations, Liga MX or otherwise. I already have one. So Jimmy, if you want to start, go ahead, but do
1: we want to say, are you saying in Mexico or are you saying around the world?
0: Well, I'll do a Mexico one and then you can do a non, uh, you know Yeah, I mean, I'm, for I'm me, not
1: you know, I guess when he says Tim Howard, I, I suspect that he fell in love with Tim Howard when Tim Howard was like an up-and-coming goalkeeper. So that's okay. something to keep in mind as a saying, hey, you should support Bayern Munich because Manuel Neuer is pretty good. But the guys, you know, World Cup champion, they've won every trophy imaginable. I don't know. So I'm trying to think of like young goalkeepers that kind of have a bright future. One of them sits behind David De Gea at Manchester United uh, named Dean Henderson. But, but. I don't know. That's a tough one. I kind of was going to throw Atletico Madrid out there, Adam, with Jan Oblak. But but, that seems kind uh, of obvious. Oblak.
0: Yeah, but that's a good one, though, isn't it? Yeah. But if he has the American connotation, may I recommend Aston Villa? We've had Brad Friedel as a keeper. We've had Brad Guzan as a keeper. You know, that could be a one way to true. go. Here we go.
1: I see oh, the bias. you the could go with a current.
0: You could go with a current team, right? Man City has Sack Stefan, of course. That's true. That's that could true. be a one. So, so if or if you are a long time Tim Howard stan, like you said, United, but Everton as well. Obviously, he loves his Everton. Turn Lee MX wise. I mean, yeah,
1: I'm, cu- I'm curious who you're going with here.
0: Well, listen, here's the thing like, if you're a big <laughs> Tim Howard fan, you enjoy the, the you know, he's such a confident keeper, right? Uh, sort of vocal, etc. You have to go with Memo Ochoa on that side, right? So, you have to go with Club
1: America on yeah, that. Th- side. 35 years old, though, he's not, he's not a young. Well, okay.
0: Primetime Ochoa, then maybe then you start thinking about it, of course. But I was just thinking in terms of like what they meant to their nation, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But Memo Ochoa didn't just play for Club America. That's where he started, right? Mm -hmm. But you had also, he played for Malaga, Granada, Standard Leash, but now ending with, with America. So if you wanted a Liga MX team and you didn't want to be too disappointed and you wanted to be hated by everybody else in Liga MX, just go with Club America. And see what happens but i do like i do like your manchester united uh for him as well
1: yeah it's interesting i'm, I'm looking at all the goalkeepers in the last uh or this current season or this last past season in, in liga ma keys there's a lot of old goalkeepers in mexico man yes yeah, so, and, and, and jose corona cruz azul goalkeeper 40 years old you know uh i like um guzman at pumas 35 years old yeah you you know, it's crazy, dude. All the good ones are, are pretty old. I mean, when you finally start to run into a younger player, they don't play as many games. They definitely trust the older goalkeepers in Liga M.A. Keys. Uh, I, w- I would consider there's a 24-year-old Carlos Acevedo at Santos. He's, 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 20, he's 24. He's very good. I think he still probably needs to like get those crazy goalkeeping numbers, maybe a little bit better defenders around him. But Santos, as I mentioned earlier, fifth place right now, and, and definitely a force to be reckoned with. And if they're going to have any success, this Carlos Acevedo is going to be a big reason why. So that could be your team, right? You're not picking an out-and-out favorite like Club America, who are like the New York Yankees, uh, of Liga M.A. Keys. So everybody hates them, you know, but, but unless you support them, you love them. So... So yeah, to tread carefully with Club América or any other of the big teams, right? Because people are going to think you're a bandwagoner. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great goalkeepers out there, and and I'll have to think through a little bit more. Maybe I'll just tweet it at you some of the younger goalkeepers that that are really kind of that Tim Howard-esque on the on the precipice of really blowing up.
0: Yeah, because if you're go, if you're going through the love of a goalkeeper, then there's plenty of great uh, narratives all over, not just Mexico and North America, but also Europe as well. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I love that the hair one, but if you're thinking up and comer as well, a good. I know, opener, I know. You know, there, there's it's many ways it. to go about it, but choose that goalkeeper wisely. I, I would. <laughs> if
1: that's if, you know. Oh, you could. I could. Oh, so I thought of AC Milan because you had uh, Donnarumma, who's still one there of the best you go. goalkeepers in the world. So maybe there AC you Milan, go. There uh, Donnarumma is. Let me see his age. who is he 21?
0: Yeah, he's so young.
1: <laughs> and he's been playing. I don't know how many games Donnarumma. He's 22 and Donnarumma, I got to look right now. Seventeen, Everybody's
0: eighteen that. is when he's made his professional name. Yeah.
1: He's been playing forever. So Donnarumma's 22 right now and he has already played. 201 games for AC Milan. Which
0: More is than crazy. 200 matches for AC Milan. Yes. And ridiculous.
1: He 22 caps for the national team. So it's almost a like for like in some ways to Tim Howard, who. Well, there
0: you go, my friend. Yeah. So, you so
1: maybe, 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 uh, Uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma from AC Milan is your goalkeeper of choice. And Milan's pretty good this season. I don't know if they're going to win the Scudetto, but they're going to be close to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, listen, uh, Shazam, we just spent like 10 minutes on you. (laughs) You better better spread the word, leave some good ratings on Apple Pod, tell your friends. And if you're the ghost around Nissan Stadium, why don't you just like scare everybody into following us and (laughs) try and follow? But you got plenty of good advice from our own Jimmy Conrad there. Uh, Jimmy, that's it. That's our show, bud
1: yeah that was fun i enjoyed that thank you
0: thank you so much jimmy conrad um, and we'll see you next time right because you'll be back for our weekend preview baby. of
1: course i'm here for you guys all day every day let's do this
0: love it jimmy have a great day bud you too everybody i want to thank poppy miller luna her dog and jimmy conrad for joining me today don't forget to follow us on twitter Lasso pod and drop us some questions drop us any questions that you want go Lasso pod we're also on apple podcast spotify stitcher small speakers youtube.com forward slash CBS Sports.com. keep supporting us it's how we grow and grow the show have a great rest of your week